The message of Jesus is relevant, but your church might not be. How do we know? Uh, We're going to talk about eight signs your church might be becoming irrelevant next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And my name is Michael Gray. Michael Gray is with us today. Steve Lacey is off uh, actually doing some work. So we're, we're going to fly without Steve today. Michael, how are you? I'm great. And you? I'm doing well. Doing really well. Uh, This is episode number 371. And uh, today we thought we would just talk a little bit about eight signs, count them, eight signs, maybe more, eight signs that your church might be becoming irrelevant. And this is kind of controversial for some people, right? I mean, it's, you know, because when you talk about your church might be irrelevant, um, some people think, well, you're, you're just trying to be like the culture. You're just trying to compromise the gospel. And, and that's not what we're saying here. <laughs> I'm not saying you do that. I, I, so uh, if you want to follow along with the notes, it, we've actually got them posted. We have a blog, in case you don't know. We have a blog that we talk about a lot of different things. And the blog is simply blog dot streamingchurch.tv so you can look at the notes here and look at some other stuff we've done yeah all right you can follow right along with the notes mm-hmm. i know okay. this is a topic uh at one point that i kind of struggled with because i i was coming from the opposite direction i i am very innovative minded I'm not trying to give away point number one <laughs> but um uh, one of the things, and I'll, I'll have to give credit because Andy Stanley is the one that really uh, used a phrase that some phrases that helped me out. And uh, Bill, you alluded to it, and that is the truth of the gospel is what's timeless. How it's delivered is not. So, you know, where you would you folks would get really just bent sideways because uh, you change the order of service or the kind of music that is being played or how church is done. Um, you know, there, you right. can't change. You can't change. The, yeah, you yeah. can change all of it except for what's timeless, which is the gospel. We leave that alone. It yeah. speaks for itself, but we have to deliver it in a way that fits the culture of today. Exactly. The message of Jesus is very relevant, but your church might or might not be, and the bottom line is this, irrelevant churches make almost no impact on their community. And uh, relevance, in my opinion, means you you do what matters. Uh, Relevance means your ministry makes a difference. Uh, It makes a difference in, in your community, in people's lives, in your neighbor's lives. Uh, people's lives are changed. And so we're going to cover eight points here, maybe more. And uh, we always want people's feedback. So feel free to give us feedback on this, but let's just jump into it. 
and uh, we'll take it from there. So the number one point, well, point number one, not necessarily as far as importance, but number one is not embracing innovation and change. Now, obviously, we're a tech company, but we're going to talk about more more than just innovation here. But but the first one I wrote down is not embracing innovation and change. You don't have yeah. to do you don't have to do what other churches are doing. No. Uh, but you but you can't do what you've always done. I mean, no. life changes, things change. No. People change. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Jesus was masterful at speaking to the audience that was in front of him in context and in language and in presentation that they understood. So, that they're in their day, rabbi, get a bunch of crowd around, and there's this conversation going on. And there's these questions, and Jesus is asking questions, and the crowd's asking questions, and he's answering the questions with more questions. That was that was the cultural context of delivering message in that day. Yeah. It is that current is that what currently works? Uh, uh, maybe. You don't see as maybe, much of it. Maybe not. It's there, but you don't see as much of it. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and there were eras where, you know, that fiery kind of delivery from the stage a hundred years ago was just, you know, really iconic. Yeah. But for a lot of culture in different areas and different areas of the world, now that's different. Yeah. What they expect, what they're willing to hear and consume is different uh, and it's different in delivery not the content content doesn't change but how you deliver it does yeah yeah and we'll get into actually towards the end of this we'll talk a little bit about some of the uh technology out there later but uh, uh yeah so i mean uh look technology alone insists that you you change your approach to ministry so we saw that in covid we saw that at the height of covid back two years ago uh, but we'll, we can jump into that. But, uh, you know, there's a, this is a sign, just a sign that you your church might be becoming ir, uh, irrelevant because you, you don't want to embrace innovation. You don't want to invade, embrace change. Uh, let's jump into number two here. And I alluded to it earlier, and that is number two, not not addressing the needs of your community. You're not really addressing them. Uh you know, it's one thing to talk and hear yourself talk. That, that sounded kind of condescending, but it's one thing to talk about <laughs> things. I'm sorry. Uh, it's one thing to talk about things and get up there from the pulpit and do things. But are, you know, is what you're doing, is what you're doing? Uh, is that the right terminology? What are, what your church is doing, is it ministering to your community? Is, is, is it, do you know the needs of your community? <laughs> and are you doing something about it? Uh, and, and, you know, yeah. social justice in some of the progressive circles has gotten kind of a bad name, but the, the positive thing about social justice is, you know, people that are involved in that, they're, they're helping people like, uh, Habitat for Humanity, you know, they're helping people with homes, uh, they're yeah. helping people with the yeah. food bank, they're helping people with gospel rescue yeah. mission, uh, all those things are, are your community has needs. Are you addressing those needs? Yeah. And, and while I, I, 
I, like you said, Phil, I'm a little put off by the the whole packaging of social justice because they've stolen a really good thing and made it into some other things that really isn't what we as the church are supposed to be about in serving our community. Uh, it's easy. <laughs> Go ask some people. Find out from community leaders. What are the needs in this community, how and how can we as a body of followers serve that need? Uh, you'd be shocked. Sometimes it's, you know, it's helping out the, the local fire department. It's, it's, it's supplies for schools. It's resources for teachers. It's so many things beyond feeding people, which is very important, very important, feeding and clothing people and caring for people, helping people get jobs. So many different things that a that a church can assist with and partner with yeah. to serve the specific needs of the community that that church is in. Yeah, I was blessed to be uh, a part of starting a, a church in a small community in Kansas. In fact, I'd forgotten the other day. I was thinking about it. you. Actually, were there? You actually, you and Jeff came and visited me in Junction City, yeah. Kansas. But yeah, it's a small community, about sixteen thousand. But the nice thing about it, we had a great ministerial association and we got involved in our community and, and it was mm-hmm. it was wonderful. And, yeah, it's a small community. But even if you're in a large community, like even here in Tucson, it has about a million people around us. You can still deal with pockets, you know, different areas of the neighborhood you're in or, uh, you know, the, the county that you might be in. Uh, so you can you can still reach out and you can minister to the needs of your community. But if you're not addressing the needs of your community and chances are you might be becoming irrelevant. Right. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. All right. Let's go to number three here. Uh, number three is everyone on your leadership team is your age. <laughs> now, that's fine if you're yeah. 30. Mm-hmm. If you're 30, maybe. <laughs> but uh, but maybe not if you're 30. Maybe you need some people that are older. But, but if you're our <laughs> age, if you're our age <laughs> and you're leading a church... I'm going to be 65 this month. And uh, uh, you know what the average age of pastors is today? What is it? 58. 58 is the average age. Wow. Okay. So So if you're the average guy, what do we do, Phil? (laughs) We've, We've got to look at raising up some younger leaders. And, and look, that is not easy to do. Uh, It can be challenging to do, uh, but, but think about it for a moment. I mean, we all started somewhere, right? I mean, I, I started in ministry when I was 18 and I was probably a mess. And I, I remember (laughs) saying things from the pulpit when I was speaking, when I was like 20, 21 and my senior pastor had to correct me on some things and, 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 uh, uh, yeah, you're gonna, you got, you, you uh, maybe you don't want somebody that young. I don't know, but you definitely want younger people. <laughs> uh, Dan Betzer, uh, Dan Betzer, I used to be in radios, you know, and, and there used to be a, a guy on the radio. I think he was with Assemblies of God. We, we had him on our radio station. It was syndicated. And his name was Dan Betzer. And I remember one time he made a statement. He goes, and he had this way of speaking. And he was a really good speaker, but he said, uh, uh, you know, quite frankly, if somebody's, if somebody's 40 years old and a pastor, I don't really think they have anything worth uh, listening to. And it's something of that fact. And it, it really upset me because at the time I was probably 30, but uh, or less than 30. 
But so I, I think that was wrong. I mean, I look, somebody that's younger may not have all the life experiences, but you still want them a part of your team because they can bring some mm-hmm. relevance. They can bring a yes. different observation. They can bring a yes. different perspective. And uh, you just don't want to. Be- and this is what happens is churches just stay the same age. Uh, well, they don't stay the same age. They get older. And then they begin to slowly fade away. There was a church they here in Tucson. They age out and there's nobody left. <laughs> yeah. I've said this before. There, there's a church here in Tucson that was very popular in the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s. They're over there. The building is still there. Uh, fortunately, uh, another church has it and they're very relevant. Uh, they're over there by 5th and 6th downtown. Uh, but they, they, were, they had a million dollars in the bank at one point. Uh, but they, they had a congregation that was probably in their late sixties, early seventies and, and older. And they basically just spent all their money trying to keep everything going and they just faded away. And it was they sad. Out and there was nobody left. It yeah. was sad, you know? And so yeah. you, you, you want to get, you know, you want to be able to uh, be intentional, I guess is the word about seeking out some younger people in your congregation that are younger mentoring than you. people. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got it. It takes time to develop those people, but uh, if you don't, there's a possibility that your church may be becoming irrelevant. So, all right, all right. So, <laughs> shall we move on here? Do you want to move on here? <clears throat> Since we're rambling on here, yeah, I'll yeah. Go ahead. Uh, here's one I think you'll like. Number four: sign that you might be becoming irrelevant. Check the copyright dates on your music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that one. I love, I love that one, and. I, I don't. I, I don't think there's any problem. I don't have any problem personally with um, some great old hymns from when I was a kid. I remember them fondly. I've got them memorized. I've sang them a thousand times. But I listen to, and I'm just speaking to me. I listen to a different kind of style of music. Still, the great words that I want to hear, and but the style has changed, and and therefore, if I want to relate to a twenty-year-old, a thirty-year-old, what what's what's musically, stylistically, what's what's the biggest thing? Well, you know, there's the pop genre and country's giant, and you know, if you look at what's playing big on radio stylistically those are the things that are attractive and and forever i mean if you are a historian at all you know that so many of the great worship tunes of the years past were written to bar songs and Mm -hmm. everything else you can imagine to be relevant to the listener of the day that's right yeah so there's no right music uh, but making it relevant pretty important Absolutely. Uh, I may have stole this from somebody, but, uh, and look, as you just said, there, there's nothing wrong with, with singing some older songs, right? Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but if all of your copyright dates are, are old, older, it's a sign that you're not actually that relevant. In fact, you're in no man's land because you're too contemporary to be traditional, but you're too traditional to be contemporary. So you, you really have to watch that. There's a gap between you and, 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 and the culture, and the culture is growing. It's growing. The, cult, the gap is growing wider every day. So, uh, you know, 
I know this is controversial when it comes to music. It always is, but uh, <laughs> of course, you know, keep it in mind. The I biggest mean, hot button. Yeah, it is <laughs> right. It is. Everybody likes your stuff. Yes. So check the copyright and and just take it with a grain of salt. All right, number well, five. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no. Go ahead. I think so. Many of these it made, it made me pop to mind the idea that if if we if we build everything that we do musically as well as uh, how you deliver a sermon and everything else for an audience that's 50 to 80, um, that, that's definitely who you're going to attract. But then again, you're dangerously close to aging out. You've got to build some relevance and amongst that 50 to 80, convince them of a bigger vision of reaching the folks that are younger than us And that's how we bring that all together and begin to mix in some music or do a different service or do multiple service, multiple locations, whatever that is, to then connect to the next generation so that we don't have to close and sell the building. Yeah. Well, that leads into number five here in our notes, and that is you think new ideas are bad ideas. (laughs) You (laughs) You might be becoming irrelevant if you think new ideas are bad ideas or or at least... At least a lot Always of bad. New. Don't move my cheese. <laughs> Leave it like it was. The good old days. Yeah. And look, let's face it. Not every not every new idea is a great idea. But but no. not embracing new ideas. You know, not not. But but embracing no new. Let, let me back this up. Roll the tape up. I, I sound like Joe Biden here, getting a little stumbled over my words. Not not embracing new ideas is a terrible idea. You, you need to at least look at those things. And uh, uh-huh. look, uh-huh. everybody, you've been in leadership team meetings and, and you know that it's easy to come up with 10 reasons why this new idea ain't going to work. It's easy to come up with. <laughs> it's easy, right? I mean, ah, it's not going to work. We <laughs> lead off with, we tried that once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we tried that once 20 years ago. But yeah. what you forget is it may just not have been the right time to try it. That's Maybe right. now's the right time to try Yeah, yeah. Or you hear the thing, we haven't done that before, you know, and so it, it's really, you know, I guess the question that comes down here, the question I want to throw out to anybody listening to this that's in leadership, when was the last time that you embraced a radical new idea? And if you can't answer that question, well, you might already be in trouble because you may be moving towards irrelevancy. I mean, you, you really need to look at ideas, relook at them, and... uh just don't throw the thing out. I mean, it, there might be something good in it. And as you said, timing's everything, right? So yeah. maybe, maybe you tried something before and it didn't work. Maybe now's the time. It wasn't the right time. Maybe you were too innovative and you were ahead of your time. Yeah. And now's the perfect time. Uh, yeah. In business and every other aspect of life, that always plays out true. May not be the right time until a little bit later. And then it yeah. works like brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's move on here as we continue to talk about uh, eight signs that uh, you and your church might be irrelevant. So I've got number uh, six here, and this is, I fall into this pattern a lot. Number six is longing for the good old days. (laughs) I think, here's the irony of that. That's no longer just a church thing. That is literally (laughs) a culture thing. Where we were like, things were so much better and wherever you yeah. point the finger to. Yeah. Um, we think that. It felt better. Yeah, yeah. It always feels that way. Yeah. Better in what way, but bad in others. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, um, I try to get away from that, but it's easy for me to think a lot about that. And, you know, my wife says, I, I tried to go back to the, old. I tried to go back to being what, what I used to be years ago and I'm not, but I, I used to hang with these people a long time ago, actually back in the seventies and early eighties. And they would talk about the good old days, which for them was back in the 1960s or even 1950s. And, uh, and it was fun to hear those stories but it's like, okay, you know, this is not 1962 anymore, right? I mean, things are different. Yeah. Times are changing, as Bob Dylan said. And so, uh, you know, it, it's easy to get stuck in that. But declining churches are usually no, no, nostalgic churches. Did I say that right? Nostalgic? Uh, they are <laughs> churches that usually are thinking about the past. And they remember when everything was so amazing and it, it really probably wasn't yeah. that amazing. It might have been to some degree, yeah. but not that. And so uh, if you want to know what's going on, just listen to people in your church. Listen to your leadership. Listen to, to your church. Listen to the way they talk. <laughs> uh, you know, is there any kind of excitement about what's coming up next? Is there any kind of excitement about the future? Uh, or are they still stuck talking about the past? Easy to tell, right? Yeah. Easy to tell. And so the good old days. Yeah. It's fun to think about it. And and look, I, I love telling stories sure. as much as anybody. But uh, you know, if you're stuck there as a as a church, uh again, you're you're moving towards irrelevancy. <laughs> Not a good thing. All right. Yeah, there's health at looking at the history of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what why did that happen then in such a great way and had such impact? What was it about that time? Uh, and in our mind, it's like, okay, well, we got to go back and do music and then and, and all the things that we did. We have to recreate that moment when in reality, it's not possible because everything is different now. Yeah, it's different. Every impermanence is there. I mean, you know, the big thing w with my group was the Jesus movement, you know, in the, mm -hmm. in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, and probably up to 75, 76, which I technically, I guess, was a part of. But again, you can't, you can try to replicate something, but you can't because, as you just said, the conditions are different. The past is the past. And so, uh, you know, you just can't, it's not the same thing anymore, and you just can't replicate it. So, all right. Let's go on to number seven. Another sign that you might be fading into irrelevancy. Irrelevancy is not taking risk any longer. Not taking a risk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah risk. risk is hard. It's hard. It, it's, it, some of these are not easy. I'm not saying they're easy, but taking no. risk usually involves change, right? And again, this gets back to change and how people don't like the change and Change usually is met with some very strong resistance uh, and change many times leads to moving forward a little bit and then going backwards some. That's just part of, of the whole process of change. But if you're involved in leadership and you're not willing to take risks, uh, well, uh, you're probably going the wrong direction. And yeah. I'm not saying you do everything that comes off up yeah. and up into your brain i'm not saying you just <laughs> jump off the bridge right away and take a bunch of people with you you know when you're trying to do something different but you know ministry i'm i'm just i'm just telling you my life i'm glad i took risks i moved from ohio to tucson and i had really you know the job i had offered wasn't very good but i wanted to be in ministry out here and I took a risk. I, I helped start a radio station in 1981. I didn't know what was going to happen. I took a risk. Um, 
moved to Kansas, you know, in 2000 to start a church. That yeah. was a risk. Yeah. And uh, moved back here, which was a risk. Yep. And and some of that stuff, I'm not saying it wasn't painful at times or it wasn't difficult yeah. at times, uh, but I'm glad I did all that. I'm glad I took yeah. the risk. You really, you really become stagnant as an organization when you don't embrace uh, risk. And you, you said it right, Phil. I mean, not risk for the sake of risk, but if there is opportunity, as you look at your community around you and there is opportunity and there is some possible innovation, uh, something new and different, a different way, a different way to embrace the community, a different way to connect to the community. If you don't build risk into your organization, it will become stagnant. And stag, uh, we made up a word, stagnation, and uh, it's a bad thing. You do not want your organization to be stagnant. And it's largely what we're talking about here is we're saying in all of these points, if, if you're not embracing risk, and not taking educated risk, uh, uh, you know, build all the factors point. to help you become right. help you become successful. But if you're not risking, you're really not understanding this whole thing that we're trying to do as a church. Yeah, I mean, you it's see, it's a that, big risk the whole yeah. way. You see it all through history. Every great every great movement of God, getting going all the way back to Jesus and the apostles, they all took risks. They did things, Giant. you know, stepped yeah. out of their comfort zone. And and you yeah. just mentioned educational risk, you know, and I think that's a good term because yeah, we're not talking doing something stupid, you know, uh, but but at least think about it, consider it, you know, educate yourself <laughs> on it a little bit. It's you made like- me laugh. We've done some pretty stupid things, Phil. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Hindsight is pretty stupid, but we were willing to risk and we made some yeah. big impact. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So I'm not taking risk anymore. If you're not doing that at least once in a while, uh, you know, you might be becoming irrelevant. All right. So number eight, the last point I've got here, uh, and I stole this from a movie, the uh, if we build it, they will come. If we build it, they will come. So uh, that's from that movie. Uh, what was that movie with Kevin Costner? Uh, Field the, of Dreams. Yeah, there you go. Field of Dreams. You know, he, uh, but in this case, uh, you know, I, there's this idea here that you know, instead of instead of what I, what I'm trying to say here <laughs> is instead of waiting for people to come to your church, take church to the people. That's all I'm saying, and I'm not saying close no. the building. I'm just saying. No. You know, there's other ways you can minister to people. Uh, you can keep your building, and and but you you know, there's lots of different ways you can do that. And of course, I'm going to touch on online, right? Streaming online is that's one yep. of our things our company does. Uh, you can, but you don't have to do a service. In fact, we could get into this. This is probably a whole other podcast, maybe even a webinar. But the the truth is. Um, the cut and paste thing. That's what Kenny John calls it. You, just throwing your service online is not necessarily the best way to do it. You, you want to use some technology and, and you're doing it now with us, with our companies, you're putting sound bites and audio and video bites online, something that will encourage people, something that will help people. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to do something relevant in people's lives. And so as, yeah. as a church, just having services, 
and you're not doing anything else. You're not using any technology. You're yeah. not doing a podcast. You're not doing even po- even posting stuff on social media can be a good thing if you do it right. Uh, you're not reaching out to your community. Uh, if you build it, they will come. That is just that old, that same mentality is going to lead to irrelevance. Sorry, yeah. I rambled on. I rambled on. Oh, that's quite all right. And very true. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't market, if you don't get out there, part of it's uh, serving your community in a way that they need to be served. You're engaging, you're outside the walls doing something so that people actually know that you are there. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 I've driven by that building a hundred times, but I didn't really know it was a church uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, so who was it that said, if your church, I forget who it is now. Who says if your church were to shut down, would anybody in your community notice it? What do they <laughs> notice? Notice yeah. that it was yeah. gone. You know, right? And and so that's I irrelevant. think it's, that's yeah, that's irrelevance. All right. So uh, these are all food for thought. You may disagree with them. Uh, we always want to get feedback from you on that. Uh, uh, not everything we say is always 100 percent spot on, but it's it hopefully will stimulate some thinking. And speaking of relevance. Uh, we're going to do a pod. We're actually doing a webinar. We we are starting to do webinars every month here with our company, and our webinar coming up here next week, February fifteenth, is called "Should I Still Be Streaming to Facebook and YouTube? Why or Why Not?" And so we're going to go over kind of the pros and the cons, and talk a little bit about some ideas that you can use for your your church and streaming media, not just streaming video, but other things. And so that's February 15th. That will be live. Yeah, it's going to be recorded, but it'd be great if you could be there. So if you want to sign up for it and you're listening to this before February 15th, uh, just go to webinar.streamingchurch.tv. I think that's right. Am I right? Webinar.streamingchurch.tv. And you can sign up and we'll give you a link and you can watch our live webinar, ask us questions, harass us. Somebody did a couple months ago, and uh, you know, hopefully, you get something out of it. So that's the the webinar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) we won't get into that, but yeah. (laughs) So yeah, you never know what's going to happen, right? So so you know, join our webinar. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, but uh, new and innovative things happening there. Yeah, always something going on. All right, so uh, folks, again, your feedback's always appreciated for this. We do this uh, podcast, Church Solutions Podcast, usually every week. Subscribe to it wherever you get your favorite podcast and uh, give us some feedback. Support at streamingchurch.tv. You can send us an email and, and tell Mike how great he is and, and uh, you know, we'll be here. All <laughs> right. how wrong I am. Yeah, well, that's usually what I get So about me. So, all right. Well, Michael, thank you very much for your input today. Sure, appreciate it. Always a pleasure. All right, folks, and uh, thank you most of all for listening or watching our Church Solutions podcast. We hope that you have a great day. Please take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll catch you again next time on another episode of the Church Solutions podcast. My name is Phil Thompson.